Good morning, All Shores. So good to be here with you today. I want to invite you, if you're with us in person, will you stand and join us? We're just going to open up some worship today, invite the Spirit of God. He's already here, but He wants to meet with us, and we just need to get our hearts in a place of readiness for Him. Amen? Let's sing together. Oh, we invite your Holy Spirit, Lord, to come and move, to come and have your way. Did you feel the mountains tremble? Did you hear the oceans roar? When the people rose to sing up, Jesus Christ, the risen one, yeah. Did you feel the people tremble? Did you hear the singers roar? When the lost began to sing up, Jesus Christ, the risen one. And we can see, and we can see that God, you're moving a mighty river through the nations, and young and old will turn to Jesus. Fling wide, fling wide, you heavenly gates, prepare the
don't know about you, church, but I'm glad to be in the house of the Lord today. Amen. And it's just so good to celebrate a God who wants to meet us both in victory and in struggle, in win and in loss, in happiness and in grief. And guess what? I don't know where you are today, but I do have an encouragement for you. That is that God wants to meet with you personally in this space. And all that is required of you is nothing more. He's not asking for your perfection. He's not asking for you to have it all figured out. He just wants your heart to be in a place of readiness and surrender for him today. And so we're going to go back into this song and sing this again, uh, this last part together. And I just want to invite you as we sing these words out, really let them sink into your spirit today and allow the spirit of God to come and meet you and come and transform your life from the inside out. Let's just invite God together through this song to come and do what he wants to today. Let's sing together. Here we see that God, you're moving. This <laughs> time of Jubilee is coming. When young and old return to Jesus, think wide. wide, you heavenly gates. Prepare the some praise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So grateful for your presence. Well, we're just going to continue singing about the love of the Father today, a love that he invites us all into, and regardless of who we are or what we do, he loves us just the same. Let's sing this song together. I scaled all the highest of mountains And I stood at the edge of their peace But I still couldn't see to the edge of your love for me And I walked on the wildest of waters And I sunk to the depths of the sea but I still couldn't fathom the depths of your love for me. All right, canyons wide. Canyons wide and oceans deep. Can't contain all your love for me. No matter how high, far I reach, there's no end to your love. Belief in the valley, and I nearly hung on to the night. But just when I thought it was darkest, the 
sun begins to rise Oh, canyons wide and oceans deep Can't contain on your love for me No matter how high, far I reach There's no end to your
fresh, fresh fire. Give me a fresh, fresh fire. I want what you desire. Oh, I want to burn for you. Give me a fresh, fresh fire. Give me a fresh, fresh fire. Control. I want that fire. 
ask you in this moment of kind of mystery of what does it look <laughs> what does it look to like to ask for a fresh fire and it kind of almost feels like we get a wash of your spirit and a fresh fire like it's a it's water and fire together like cleansing and so God in that mystery in that spot we ask you to move we ask you to come in and heal things and restore things and renew things and bring things to light that maybe we don't know about that you're just wanting to to meet us in these moments so do it holy spirit just have your way god this is a new a new song and it's easy and you'll catch on and it'll be okay I will make room. 
morning, that we would just make room for God to do whatever he wants to do in our lives. See, so often, at least it's true for me, that I want to make room for God to come in and, and do what I'm doing, to bless my plans, to help me accomplish my goals, and not to sit in the quiet and listen to him and see what he wants to do in my life, what his plans are. You know, so often God's plans are so much better than our plans. He wants to work in ways that we can only imagine, but we need to make room for him in our busy, busy lives, to sit, to listen, to let him work. You know, we're going to do that just simply by praying this morning. And whether you're joining us online or you're right here, we just invite you, you know, if you came in today, maybe you're carrying a burden, maybe you need God to move, maybe you just need to hear him this morning. You know, whether it's for you or for a family member or a friend, we just invite you, that's you, to have a seat right where you're at, just to really to kind of humble yourself before God. Say, God, I I need to make room for you in this situation in my life. I need to hear from you. I need you to move. You know, if you're at home, you can do the same thing. Just simply, you know, bow your head, have a seat, kneel, just invite God into that space this morning. Let's pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, we, we do just make room for you now. God, that you would speak to us. God, that you we would hear your voice, that we would be reminded of your love for us, that you are with us in the midst of whatever is going on, God. And that we'd make room, not just for our agenda, God, but to really surrender to you. That we would move and hear what you want to do in our lives, what you want to do in these situations that we are carrying. God, I pray whatever those are, God, that you would bring hope to the hopeless, that you would bring healing to those who need that, that you would bring life to the hurting, God. That you would bring restoration to relationships. God, that you would move however you want to. That you would whisper to us and remind us that you love us, that you care for us, and that you are for us today. God, we thank you that you do do that. And we're reminded, God, that we are just one church in this community. That there are expressions of your church all over the community who are following after you. And we pray for them as well. And this morning we pray for Bethel Baptist and to say, God, would they be all that you are calling them to be? Would you continue to give them the hope, the vision that you want them to do to carry out in this community? And then we pray for our friends just serving around the world. We pray for Ben and Sharon Ward. And God, that you would lead them and guide them and provide for them as they just reach the people that you are calling them to. Give them everything they need. Give them encouragement and love as they make room to hear where you want to move in their lives this morning. We say we love you, we trust you, and we pray all these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, you can go ahead and be seated. So glad that you are with us this morning, whether you are joining us online from your boat, your camper, on the road, maybe you're Maybe your deck at home, whatever it is, so glad you are joining us. And glad that you are right here in the room with us as we just seek God and worship him together here at All Shores. We love being together. We love being connected and growing together. And the best way that we stay connected is really what we, threw, we call our connection card. If you're online, there's a link that you can click on right now or go to allshores.org and fill out that connection card. If you're in the room here, there is a QR code in front of you that you could just point your phone at at any time and that digital connection card will come up. 
Or if you're like me and a little more old-fashioned, you want to do it on paper and actually talk to somebody, because we can do that. We can talk to people. You can go out in the lobby and meet somebody. There's a connection point back over in the, to my left when you go out, and you can fill out a connection card. You know, you can put prayer requests on there. You can. It's a way that we just connect with each other, that we help you take steps in your faith and grow, because we know that's what God wants for us. He wants us to continue to grow in our relationship. One of the best tools we have for doing that is what we call the journey. We have a kind of a series of four classes that happen during this hour every week. In fact, it's going on right now. And this week, they're talking about kind of what our purpose is for our lives, what God's desire is for our lives. He has given us all unique gifts, unique personalities, and unique abilities. And he wants us to use those to serve him and to serve his church. And to find out your destiny, it's a great way to go through that class. So whether you've been here for 40 years or you're new here, that's really the next best step for you. So you can go out online and sign up for that as well. You can do those those steps in any order, and it's a great way to just grow in your connection and take steps in your faith. We're just going to continue in worship this morning by receiving God's tithes and our offerings. You know, we say it's an act of worship because we really believe it is, because God has been so generous to us and he blesses us. And we just want to give back a portion of that to his church to really carry on the work so that we can be continue to be generous people, so we can put on things like Spring Hill Camp and have youth groups and do great events and just reach our community and be generous and help people as well. You know, when you give, we are able to give back. So thank you that you are generous. And just I invite you just to kind of give as God leads you to. If you're new here, so glad that you are with us today and chose to spend your Sunday with us. But this is something that we do as a church family when we give, and there is no expectation of that as you as a guest. So thanks for being here. If you came prepared to give, there's um, boxes out in the lobby on the way out. There's ways to give on the screen behind me, and I'm so grateful that you are giving church. Now, if you'll keep your attention to the screen and find out more information about what's happening here at All Shores. Hey, church, we are coming up on one of the most exciting times of the year, our outdoor baptism, and it's happening Sunday, August 14th at Ross Park in Norton Shores at 5 p.m. We will feed you, we'll worship together, you'll hear stories of people who are getting baptized. If you've recently made a spiritual decision, either to commit your life to Christ for the first time or for the first time in a long time, if you haven't yet made a public declaration of baptism, that is your next step. And our team would love to come alongside you. We'd love to have more conversations, tell you more what it's about. We just need you to register at allshores.org baptism today. Good. You're with us. Fantastic. Uh, Pastor EJ is preaching up in Muskegon today. Pastor Josh is preaching in Coopersville. You guys get stuck with me, but I'm glad to be here. I'm glad you're here today. We are continuing. Oh, yeah. We're glad we're, glad we're here. Okay. But uh, just excited at this summer series that we're in right now, Conversations with Jesus. I love 
uh, just talking about the stories and the interactions that Jesus has with others. And our hope is that out of these conversations, we are encouraged to have conversations with others, to engage others in what we know about Jesus and maybe ways to stretch us. And I think God may be doing that with us today. So we believe that the same Holy Spirit that breathed life into the scriptures is the same spirit that's here today to breathe life through it and to speak to us. And that might be a little bit different for each of you. It might be as you are hearing something, you, you hear an audible voice. For others, it might just be a sense of God giving you something uh, to, to move in. Maybe it's a sense of emotion for you where God just really wants you to, to, or wants his word to be real for you. So whatever that is today, I want you to pay attention to it. Because it's not about me and uh, just the proclamation. It's about the revelation of God and what he's doing in your life. So we're going to pause. We're going to pray and just ask God in this moment to prepare us to hear from him today. The grass withers and the flower fades, but your word endures forever. And so, Lord, as we open up the scriptures today and we hear of this conversation with Jesus, Lord, that it would come to life for us, that there would be revelation from you of who you are, what you are calling us to. Lord, whatever is of me today, I pray that it would fall to the ground and be forgotten. But whatever you have for us, that it would stick, that it would challenge, correct, change, convict us, that we might be more like your son, Jesus. And we pray this in his name. And all of God's people said, amen. amen. Well, a couple weeks ago, it was 4th of July. It was a great morning. I had not, uh, I, I had a fishing kayak that I bought last year and I didn't have it out yet. So I thought, what a great day, 4th of July. Let's take the kayak out. So took the fishing kayak out. Very first cast on Bear Lake, 16-inch largemouth bass. I was like, God bless America. <laughs> like, I was like, this is awesome. So anyway, I kept it, and, and I stayed out there for a little while. I got two more uh, largemouth bass, 15-inch. I, I got some perch, some bluegill. And I was thinking, oh, we've got guests coming over a little bit later. So if uh, l- let me get back, and, and I'll fillet these up, and we'll get them going. And, you know, if anybody wants to eat them, great. If not, I, I, I'm good with that. So uh, I got back, and I was in a hurry uh, to get everything all ready. And so got the first one done and uh, got the second one out there. And, and I was trying to get the. I know some of you are fishermen, and you're going to give me advice. Just you can do that after text it to me because many of you have told me <laughs> what I should have done. I, I get that. But I was working on that fish, and as you can see, there was a moment where Instead of filleting the fish, I filleted my hand. And I knew that because I saw the inside of my knuckle, and you're not supposed to be able to see that. So anyway, I, I found my wife, and I said, we, we have a problem. It was more me than we. But uh, anyway, um, wrapped it up. Uh, Got to the urgent care, which I was so thankful they were open on uh, 4th of July. We weren't sure. Got to urgent care in North Muskegon, and they were going to work on it, but they used this phrase, severed artery, and they said that they didn't want to touch it. Um, 
because it just wouldn't stop bleeding everywhere. Some of you still with me? <laughs> so we, uh, we went to Butterworth, and uh, they got us right in, because if you use, just, just, you know, for tip, if you use the word severed artery, <laughs> they get you right in. So anyway, um, so 15 stitches later, we, we, we got that all uh, fixed up, and uh, I took the stitches out Wednesday night. But, uh, you know, those of you who are queasy, you may not want to look, but yeah, this was my 4th of July. Yeah, and if you're feeling queasy, <laughs> I understand. The things I will do for a good sermon illustration. You say, well, what does this have anything to do with conversations with Jesus? Well, maybe God in his providence knew this, but uh, we are going to talk about a very sick man who approached Jesus and the people in his culture um, with the disease that he had. They were afraid. They could, they could see his disease, but they feared it. They, it was visible to them, but they didn't understand the disease and they, they, they didn't want to be around it. And for those of you who felt queasy uh, when I was telling the story, uh, you can only imagine what it must have felt like to have someone walk into your midst who had a contagious disease that would affect an entire community that would affect your life and you were afraid. And I am so grateful that there are individuals that work through their uncomfortableness in order to treat those who are sick and those who are suffering. But I imagine that for all of us, there are people or things or places that we are uncomfortable to go. But that is where oftentimes we find people who are in need of God. And the story today is about a, a man with leprosy. It's now called Hansen's disease. And, uh, but that's more recent for three millennia or more. Uh, there has been written docu documents about people who suffered from this thing called leprosy. Everything from just a rash to actual Hansen's disease, which is, uh, from what I understand, uh, so it affects not only the nervous system, but it affects your extremities and parts rot off. And it, it's, it's a nasty disease. Many of you have heard of like leper colonies and places where people were asked to, to live apart from the rest of culture. And that was a part of the isolation for anyone who had leprosy. If you saw it, you were considered to be uh, unclean. And when I say that, I mean that there was this, this isolation. You were unclean. You were not allowed to be within community. You had to quarantine yourself away from the camp the, or, or the city in which you lived. And for thousands of years, people lived in close proximity. They lived closer together. In North America, we have our large houses and our bathrooms, which are larger than most houses around the world, right? And so we, we isolate our, ourselves. But for a group culture to have someone with leprosy, you were, you were kicked out of the community. You were unclean. That, that's a word that was used a policy or word that was used in the law to describe people, the Hebrew Bible, to describe people who had leprosy. They were unclean. And by that, that not only meant physical isolation, but spiritual as well. There was a connection between that which was spiritual and that which was physical. 
So much so, and it wasn't just the Hebrew culture, they believed that if you had a sickness, if you had leprosy, likely you were being punished because of something you had done. It was sin in your life. God was punishing you. And so not only did they want you removed from society because you were contagious, but you were considered not right with the Lord, not right with others. So much so that this was not just about the Hebrew culture and the Hebrew Bible, but this was also true of other religions as well. As a matter of fact, in Shintoism, which was the religion and still is one of the largest religions in Japan, the word for leprosy and the word for sin are the same word. So can you imagine walking in like I did to the ER and going, hey, do you know what this is? And the doctor going, oh, yeah, you have sin. But that's what it was. There was such a strong connection. And so this idea of being unclean and being isolated was, was not just physical, but it was spiritual. You were not accepted by society, by the community, or even by the Lord. And Jesus was aware of this. It was a part of his culture when he engaged individuals. He was aware of this and tried to bring correction to some of this or even use it to his advantage. There was a man who was paralyzed, who was lowered in front of Jesus. His friends, uh, by faith, brought this man, and they lowered him in front of Jesus. He had been paralyzed. And Jesus' first words in front of the crowd that had gathered, Jesus' first words were, your sins are forgiven. Well, that's not exactly what his friends brought him there for. But Jesus addresses a greater need And he addresses the issue of sin. And the people complain, well, who is this man to forgive sins? And Jesus says, so that you know (laughs) that I have the authority to forgive sins, take up your mat and walk. And the man gets up and leaves. And in that instance, Jesus makes the man whole, spiritually and physically connecting the two. Revealing God's love and a demonstration of God's power. There was another man who was blind. And the disciples asked Jesus, again, this connection between spiritual and physical. Is this man blind because of his sin or the sin of his parents? It seemed like a legitimate question to them. That's how they saw it. And Jesus says, neither. Let me correct you. Neither. But this was done, and this man is blind, so that God might display his power. So that people might see what God can do in our world. And he heals the blind man. There is something connected to this idea of what God can do to make us spiritually and physically whole. That sickness and suffering are often feared when they're not understood by us But they are often opportunities when people are suffering. They are opportunities for God to reveal his love and his power in our world. Now, I want to say before we get into this passage that that the lack of physical healing, and oftentimes we connect this, the lack of physical healing in no way reflects the lack of God's love for people. As followers of Jesus... We have the hope that one day our entire bodies will be glorified as his was. 
that we will be healed in eternity. The scripture says there will be no suffering, no pain, no tears. And so we have the knowledge that God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son that whoever believes might have eternal life. And in eternal life, we will be completely healed. So God still loves us. But there are times when God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, reveals his power over sickness and suffering in our world. And this was such the case in Matthew chapter 8. And so we're going to look at this conversation between Jesus and this man with leprosy. In Matthew 8, verse 1, it says, When Jesus came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him, and a man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. I want to stop with this first part of came down because I think Matthew is trying to paint a picture for us, first of all. That Jesus came down from the mountainside. Oftentimes, throughout the Gospels, you will, hear, you will hear like, and the next day. But Matthew tells us that Jesus was specifically on the mountain. What was he doing up there? Well, in Matthew chapters 5 through 7, and Matthew didn't give us the chapters, but as he's telling the story in the Gospel, that section of Scripture is what we call the Sermon on the Mount. It is a list of uh, maybe Jesus' greatest hits, his messages, what he was trying to teach, his proclamation of the kingdom of God. And in that, we have all of, we have the, we have the Beatitudes and we've got all of these messages of don't murder, don't commit adultery, right? That if someone asks for your coat, give them your shirt too, go the extra mile, right? Don't judge others, uh, forgive those, you know, who are your enemies, don't pray publicly to be seen, but pray privately that God might see you. So Jesus is proclaiming the kingdom of God. He's teaching on the mountainside so that the crowds can gather around the hill, if you will, and they can hear him as he proclaims what the kingdom of God should look like. But then he came down. And in Matthew, beginning in Matthew 8, the very first verses, Jesus encounters those who are suffering. I think Matthew is painting a picture for us that Jesus was not just one to be on the mountaintop comfortable with teaching about the kingdom of God. But there are times, people, when we leave that mountaintop in order to engage in the lives of those who are suffering and in need around us. And how comfortable, church, can we get sometimes with that mountaintop experience? We come to church, we go to groups. When I was a kid, we had Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, small group. We had all kinds of times when we gathered together and we would hear the word of God. And it was great. There was wonderful illustrations and we learned things we didn't know before. And we're so comfortable with that proclamation. But that is not all that the gospel is about. We're comfortable knowing more about God But Jesus leaves the mountaintop and he came down to demonstrate the love of God to those who are in need. And church, we need that. We need to get uncomfortable and sometimes leave those places of teaching in order to enter in from proclamation to demonstration, from teaching to touching, from educating to engaging in the lives of of others, And I think that's what God is calling us. If we are to be like Jesus, right? That's the indictment of those who are not followers of Christ, that we love to tell stories of how God loves others, but 
there are times when it gets uncomfortable and the church is not seen actually engaging in those places. And that's the indictment. Oh, you love to teach, but what about the touch? And church, God, the gospel is both. It's proclamation and the demonstration. And Jesus, if we're gonna be more like him, we have to come down from those, and I know this is just a tangent, and it's my tangent, <laughs> but we have to move more to the demonstration of God's love. And that's what Jesus does. So the man with leprosy, this disease came and he knelt before him. It's, it's a word we, we see in scripture for worship. It means to bow before. And whether or not he thought that Jesus was the son of God, you can't really tell in this passage. It doesn't say that. He calls him Lord. The word is master. But clearly he understood that Jesus had something that he needed, that Jesus had an authority, that Jesus had a power that could bring about transformation in his life. And he doesn't ask for healing. He simply says, if you are willing. He turns to Jesus and says, if you are willing. And I wonder if that isn't the question of a lot of people who are suffering, whether it be physical, mental, emotional, People who are suffering are asking the question, does God even care? Does he love me? Do others love me? It's that isolation, that removal from the culture that we see in places like nursing homes and mental health facilities, places where people are stuck at home and no one is around. And they wonder, does God still care? And do others still care? This man says, if you are willing, if you desire, you can make me clean. And the word for clean is more than just a physical, it's a wholeness. You can make me whole. Remember that connection, the spiritual and the physical? If you heal me, then I can be in society again. I can be accepted. I can be seen. I can be loved. I can be touched by others. Instead of being isolated, I can become a part, I can belong. That's what he's asking for. It's not just a physical touch. He's saying, Jesus, if you desire, you can make me whole. The conversation is really short, right? Jesus reached out his hand. He touched the man. He said, I am willing. I desire. God loves you. Be clean. Be whole, be made new. And immediately, the man is healed. Immediately, he was cleansed of his leprosy. I can't imagine what it must have felt like for him. And first of all, we can't ignore the fact that not only did Jesus come down the mountaintop, but he touched the man. And Jesus didn't have to do that. We know other stories about Jesus. We know that he could have just said, be clean. There were times when he healed people and he wasn't even present. He wasn't even around. He just said, hey, your daughter's healed. Go home. Just saying it was enough. But Jesus didn't do that. He touched him. He stretched out his hand. He reached out and he touched this man with leprosy. I imagine the crowds were like, what is he doing? Because just coming near and touching would have made Jesus unclean. But he says, be whole, be clean, and immediately the leprosy leaves him. Not only was this a testimony to the man, but this became a testimony to the community, those who were witness to what was going on. 
If you don't get anything else from this message today, I hope that you get this, that when you and I are willing to demonstrate God's love, when you and I are willing to go to those uncomfortable places, to minister to those uncomfortable people, to deal with things we don't fully understand that we might even fear, but when we are willing to enter in and engage people where they are suffering and where they are hurting, others are witness to God's love and God's power to move in their lives. They understand God sees me. This person, this, this follower of Jesus is willing to come and to minister to me and to meet with me and to pray for me and to care for me. That means I must be loved. That God still loves me and he is willing to make me whole. When believers in Jesus show the love of God to the suffering and the sick, people feel cared for, and it becomes a testimony, a witness to God's love and to God's power in our world. Jesus, last thing he says to the man, he says, see that you don't tell anyone. Now, this is a longer story. You don't have time to go into this. Maybe you want to look this up this week, but there were times when Jesus was not ready. This was the beginning of his ministry he, he was proclaiming the gospel, but he was not ready for everyone to be surrounding him. And he says, don't tell anyone, but first go to the priest. Just as Moses said in the law, that was part of the law, the policy, if you had leprosy, when you had leprosy, you went to the priest and he declared you unclean. So in order to be clean, right, there's that connection, spiritual and physical. They were like the doctors, right? You need to go and show them, hey, I'm, 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 I'm clean, and the priest would declare you clean, and then that would become a public testimony to everyone. So go to them as a testimony, a witness to what God has done in your life. People, maybe for us, the message here is we don't go and serve people who are hurting. We don't go to those uncomfortable places because we want to make a name for ourselves. We do it because we want them to understand God's love and the power that he has to bring about transformation in their lives. The priests were those local physicians, if you will. And uh, again, if you and I are willing to demonstrate God's love, others are witness, I believe, to God's power. So it shouldn't be a surprise, right, that throughout history, those who were followers of Jesus took this on how the church has been instrumental in reaching those who have suffered. It's our first hospitals were started by Christians, the first orphanages, the refugee camps, the care for those during plagues. More and more people were ministered to by believers who wanted to show them that God loved them and could transform their lives. And this isn't just throughout history, but this is what God is calling us to today. A few years ago, I was in Ethiopia, and Hambatu is our, uh, he's the director of the Care Point. Some of you may know, we have a, we have a Care Point, a partnership with a, a church and a group of leaders in Ethiopia, in Shashamene. We have 166 children that are cared for and sponsored. They receive all kinds of care and education and clothing, and we're working to provide clean water and jobs. Uh, we just raised a bunch of money uh, for a farm where 22 families will have employment and the goal is for them to become self-sustaining. But Hambatu is the director. He's one of three staff members. 
And when I was there, for many days, he was pleading with me. He said, we have a child who's a part of our care point. She's sick and her family is sick. And I want you to go out. I want you to see. I want you to minister to the family. I want you to see what they're going through. And it's, we, we have to do something. So it wasn't policy for me to leave the team and to go off and to do this. But uh, on the third day, he had pleaded enough that I hopped on the back of his motorcycle and we took off through the back roads. And uh, he kind of knew where he was going. But when you're in Ethiopia, right, the, where the streets have no names, it's, it's, a, it's a place where you stop somebody and you ask, hey, do you know where so-and-so lives and they gave directions here and there, you know, turn left at the third tree and on the right. And so we were making our way through there, um, but we stopped in some smaller villages and uh, became surrounded by the locals, which made him very nervous. It was a Muslim community. You've got this white bald guy on the back of the bike, and that's just not normal. So we were riding through. I knew at one point... I wasn't really nervous, but I got nervous when, when I heard him swear in English. I thought, oh, we might be in trouble. So anyway, we got out of the, the, the last village, and we made our way to this home. And I, I call it a home. It was where the mother with six children lived, and this is uh, the picture of it. I, I've probably shown this before on occasion, but uh, the family lived in here. The husband had left. He had left the family, and they were sick, all of them. And there really wasn't much they could do. The bugs, the animals uh, could get in through this house. And we went inside, and I'm just going to show this picture for those of you who do get crazy. I don't know, but when you see sick children, it can bother us. But this is what all of the children look like, and uh, they didn't know what it was, and they were struggling. And so I asked if I could pray in the name of Jesus, and uh, the mother said yes. And so we, Hambatu and I, we prayed, and we prayed for God to move and for cleansing and healing and for wholeness. I would love to tell you that, like, there was a miracle, and all of a sudden everybody got healed, and I can't tell you that. But we went back, and we began to pray some more, and we said, we got we to gotta do something. So we, uh, we created, uh, along with Children's Hope Chest, they, they had some creative ideas, and we came up with a, a housing grant and a medical grant because children could the children that are sponsored get medical care, but the family members don't. So we created a grant that they could. And so they signed up for it, and uh, a couple of months later, I got a picture, and uh, this was their new home. Yeah. And all of them had been healed, and they had a new home. Hallelujah. Yeah. They live in a Muslim community, and the story is that Christians showed up and prayed, and Jesus healed and gave them a whole new home. Yeah. When you and I, like Hambatu, who is willing to enter in to do something, when you and I demonstrate God's love, others are witness to God's power. 
And that doesn't just happen in places like Ethiopia. It happens in our own backyard. We have a small group that recently uh, had someone who was sick across the street uh, from one of the members. And uh, they, co- they reached out to their group and said, hey, we, we should get some meals together. We should do something. And, and, and they did. But then the individual from our church thought, I should engage my neighbors too. So they went to their neighbors and said, hey, I think we should do this. And so the neighbors started a meal plan to care for another neighbor. Now, this is somebody they pray for. It's a part of our, their frank list, friends, relatives, acquaintances, neighbors, and colleagues. And they've been praying and sharing the love of Christ. And they just simply demonstrated that to their neighbor. And then they created a little care bag. And I, I know our, our congregational care team here at the church, uh, Pastor Dave has been doing a great job create, creating a culture of care. But it, it's a resource that if you know of somebody who's sick, there's, there's a coffee mug in here with some herbal tea and uh, I think is this a bomb bath? I don't know what this is. Anyway, um, chapsticks, some honey, some jelly, uh, Kleenex, little devotional in here, but something to just hand off and go, hey, we love you. It doesn't have to be difficult. It doesn't have to be someone with leprosy, but there are people who are suffering, who are hurting, people who feel isolated, who feel alone. And for you, I mean, for me, it's not uncomfortable to go into a hospital. But I gotta be honest with you, walking around the Ninth Ward after the flood in New Orleans at midnight was not comfortable for me. Going into the middle of nowhere and seeing these kids with an illness that I did not know it was not comfortable for me. But if you and I are willing, and maybe that's the prayer, God, make me willing. God is willing, he loves, he desires. God, make me willing to take that next step and to enter into those places where I feel uncomfortable. It might be a neighbor next door. It might be a coworker. To just sit, to listen, to hear their story, to discover more of how God might have you engage in what they're going through. And it might be as simple as just your touch, your prayer, that God will bring about transformation in their lives. But even the fact that you are present in the name of Jesus is enough to be a witness of God's love and power in our world. When you and I are willing to demonstrate God's love, others are witness to God's power. We have this acronym. We don't have to come up with a program or an event for everybody in our church, but we have this acronym to just help us to bless other people And maybe today you're gonna look at this and kind of go, well, what's my next step? Is it begin with prayer? Is it that willingness that God needs to change in me? Maybe as I've been talking, you already have someone or a people group or someone who's struggling. You already have that in mind. Maybe God has prompted you to say, hey, this is who I am calling you to. Don't just sit on that. It's one thing to hear it. It's the proclamation It's another to move into the demonstration. Engage with people. Listen with care. Eat with them. Get to know them. Serve them. Help them in in ways that you can tangibly and share your story and God's story with them. Let them know that God loves them dearly. I don't know who that is for you, but I pray that through this week, God would prompt you in new 
and uncomfortable ways to engage with those who are suffering. Because when you and I do, they become witnesses to God's power. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that you left the mountaintop. I thank you that you left heaven to come down to be with us, to show us that even when we didn't deserve it, even when we were your enemies, you loved us and you came to bring wholeness to our lives, physically, spiritually, eternally. And God, for that we are grateful. Help us to be the hands and feet and the voice of Christ in our communities where we care for those who are struggling, who are suffering, and who need to know how much they are valued by you. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. We're gonna close out our time with communion and this is an act of worship for us that we reaffirm what it is that Jesus has done for us. That his body was given, that his blood was shed, that we might be forgiven, that we might be made new, that we might have the hope of eternal life, the hope of one day being fully cleansed. If you're a guest with us here, if you're not a part of our church, that's all right. We have an open table. We invite you to participate by faith, knowing that you are trusting God to move in your life. And so in a moment, we're going to partake together. But before we do that, we just want to, again, set ourselves right before him. And so we're going to stand. I ask you to stand. And we're going to worship together. And as we sing, just prepare ourselves to receive these elements. There's a name that levels mountains Carves out highways through the seas I've seen its power unravel battles Right in front of me There's a faith that stands defiant Sends Goliath to his knees. I've seen his praise unravel shackles right off my feet. Because that's the power. That's the power of your name. Just the mansion makes the way. Giants falling, strongholds break. There is healing. That's the power that I claim. It's the same that wrote the grave. There's no power like the mighty name of Jesus. Oh. There's a hope that calls out courage. In the furnace unafraid A kind of daring expectation Every prayer I make Is on an empty grave That's the power of your name 
just the mission makes the way. Try his fallen strongholds great. There is healing. That's the power that I claim. It's the same that wrote the grave. There's no power like the mighty name of Jesus. There's no power like the mighty name of Jesus. If you would take that cup, the top layer, and peel that off. There's two different layers there. Peel the top one off and you'll have the wafer. Scriptures tell us that uh, on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he gathered with his disciples and he took the bread and broke it and gave thanks. So this is my body given for you. It reminds me in John chapter one. John says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. That God would love us so much that he would send his son in the flesh to camp out, to hang out, to dwell with us, proof of God's love. Our world is looking for people like you and I to be the tangible expression of God's love, his flesh, here and now. Let us take and eat in remembrance. Taking the cup, he said, this is the blood of a new covenant shed for you, for our forgiveness. The scriptures tell us that even while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Even though he knew our greatest need, his love was that great. And again, there are people who need to know how valued they are in God's eyes when you and I sacrifice our time, our energy, who we are in order to minister to them. Let us take and drink in remembrance. Lord, we thank you for your expression of love, that you would send your son, that you would sacrifice yourself to make us whole. God, that throughout our week, that we would be nudged by your Holy Spirit to do the same and to be Jesus to others who are hurting in our community and in our world. We pray this in Jesus' name. Let's continue to worship. All right, church, let's declare these words together. Oh, I see you taking ground. I see you press ahead. Your power is dangerous to the enemy. You still do miracles, you will do what you said, for you're the same God now as you've always been. Your spirit breaking now, your kingdom moving in, your victory claims the ground that the enemy had. You still do miracles, you will do what you say, for you're the same God now as you've always been, that's the power of your name, just 
Thank you again for joining us today. Uh, hope that you'll come back next week as we continue this series on conversations with Jesus. But again, that this would move us from not just hearing the stories, but uh, to engaging in the lives of others and sharing what we are learning with others. Why don't you open up your hands and I'll give a blessing. And now may God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, continue to fill you with his spirit. Ah, oh, may he move your heart to being willing to move from proclamation to demonstration, from teaching about God to touching those in the name of God, to move from educating others to engaging in the lives of others. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Have a good week.